I've realized that in some shape or form, I need Phyllis Vampire Killers to be in my life. Um, so I can't really see a world where it won't be again yeah. um, in whatever it might be, whether we're making a short film together one day and scoring it or whether we're like, you know, like, like right, doing a new album or doing another tour, whatever it might be. Hey guys, James Wilson-Taylor here for Rock Sound. Now, Fearless Vampire Killers are back. It's very exciting news. I'm delighted to hear now to tell us on Zoom all about it. We've got Kieran Lawrence from the band. How are you guys? All right. Good, very good. Thank you. Good to see you both. Good to see you both. What an exciting moment to catch you in. Um, there's a show tonight, which by the time people see this, people will know all about. But before we get to that, just tell me a little bit about why now, I suppose? This is kind of the obvious question, isn't it? When did this come back together again? When was this decision made that now was the right time for, for the return of the band? It's been in the works for a while, hasn't it? But we just, yeah. uh, <laughs> but things have happened around the world that haven't exactly made it, made it possible. Yeah, it was probably, um, I would say, late 2019 that we first started discussing, yeah, getting back together. Um, and me and Keir, met up we started recording songs um we even had band practices um and then coronavirus happened and it was kind of everything was put in stopped in its tracks so um you know we 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 couldn't actually get on with doing what we wanted to so but it was kind of good because it gave us a lot of space to kind of make sure that this is definitely something that we wanted to do um yeah as for why now i think yeah i don't know like Time apart and time away from Fearless Vampire Killers kind of made us realise what we were missing out on in various ways, like creatively and like the bond that we had as friends as well. And yeah. for me, that like there was a few catalysts over time. So firstly, I was a bit lonely, <laughs> like not like I didn't have friends, but there's a difference between having like friends that you have and having these people that you've shared this completely unique experience with. Um, Another thing was the world itself has kind of got to a point where increasingly I just felt like it needed something like Fearless Vampire Killers to exist again. I'm not putting like too much importance yeah. on, on our own <laughs> thing. Like as in Fearless Vampire Killers is here to save the world. That's not it. Yeah. But, That's the headline. No, I'm having that. That's the headline. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I think it's escapism. Isn't it? We talked about it the other day, didn't we? It's like if there's one thing that people need right now, I think in some regards, it's definitely the ability to like escape from the world, even just for a few minutes and enjoy something. So it's kind of yeah. how. No, yeah, no, that makes that makes so much sense, especially as you know. I mean, I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to say at this point, or whatever, but I have heard some new music, and mm -hmm. okay. the fact is, it's like I've heard two tracks here, and they do fit in so well, like you say, into what a lot of people. I don't think it's a coincidence that a lot of this, like you say, escapist kind of dramatic, whatever phrase we want to use, but that style of music is is increasingly becoming much more in the mainstream once again, and I, I think, like you say, it is the kind of perfect moment for that. Before we get into the tracks, um. Like I say, there's going to be a surprise gig tonight at the time of recording, which everyone will know about by the time this goes out. Um, tell me a little bit about getting back into that rehearsal process and and kind of picking a set list and all that kind of stuff. How do you prepare for for a gig like this that's your first one back after a little while? Long. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, um, well, set list wise, um, we actually, um, we just put out a, like a poll or or something on Twitter, um, you know, seeing who's 
whose favorite songs were ages ago um potentially years ago mm. i think and we we so we built a lot of it from what people's favorite songs were which were obviously quite strange songs and they're, they're not always the singles and stuff so we tried our best to, to to fit as many of those in as we could and obviously we wanted to play at least one new song because i didn't want this to be like a complete nostalgia fest where we just come back and we just go through the old songs and everyone you know bands often do that a lot of bands they come back but they don't really move on and if they do release a song it's something really safe um so yeah we wanted to do something like that to present one of the new songs but yeah i mean when it comes to like learning to play the instruments again i hadn't played the guitar really for about five years so i'd had i'd done a gig with broken kings but only i was playing very basic chords but um like the stuff we play in fearless vampire is Lots of people might think, you know, when they think of Fearless Vampire, oh, it's just like a pop punk rock goth band with simple chords. But we play like crazy stuff and it's really hard to then pick that back up again. So practicing every day for the past like month, really, to try and just remember how to get eventually the ghosts of the fingers come back and they start telling you where to go. But it takes a while. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I imagine a lot of bands can relate to that as well, right? Because we've all yeah. been kind of yeah, cut off. away to some degree um, because of COVID. And I think it's not just remembering how to play the music, it's remembering how to be a performer as well and remembering how to kind of exist in that world and project. So we'll see tonight, really. I mean, <laughs> maybe it'll come back and it'll be all natural. But um, yeah. but yeah, it really is like kind of, I'm kind of both like completely like massively excited and also slightly like intrepid is that the right word to use <laughs> like, like intrepid's, intrepid's a good word i think a little <laughs> bit intrepid's okay like, I, 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 I don't want to say like like i'm not looking forward to it because i am because that's the main thing but there's always this kind of like oh god how do i how do i do this how do i do well, what, this what must be nice i suppose as well is when you when you announce a comeback like this and uh, and you know you got the show in camden tonight like we keep saying it's the fact that it was it was under a different name. It was all very secret. It was all very cloak and dagger. But your fans, as ever, cracked the code straight away, and we can see yeah. how hyped they are for this. Like that's got to be an immediate boost. It's like, oh right, we're back, and they are ready for this, right? Yeah, it's quite scary though because we the reason we did the secret gig was because we didn't necessarily know whether we'd be able to do a bigger gig. So sure. we did a secret gig because we were talking about doing like a gig with like a few hundred people, you know, like, you know, like maybe even a thousand people if we could manage that. Um, but it just seemed quite scary. Um, so we did this secret gig as a way of doing it without people knowing it was us. But we thought we need at least some people there. We need at least 10, 20 people there. So we'll do something quite obscure that no one would notice. But. And we were worried that no one would see it because we didn't know how Facebook, I think it's Facebook advertising that really did it in for us because we had this bio of this fake band and someone recognised, this just looks too familiar. I, and then they read the bio and it was one word that set a lot of people off where Druid called something our grand dominance. Um, and we did have a world called Grand Domino that we created Um so that's that but but we we did that because we were so worried that no one would find out <laughs> no i don't think we realized that um our our fans were still so in touch as they were we thought this is five years 
many of them have probably moved on with their lives you know um but so it's so incredibly heartening to see that they still love the music um and it's incredible yeah but it was it's kind of backfired because we were hoping well i guess some of us were hoping in the back of our heads yeah we want to play a sold out show but then some of us were also thinking oh if there's 30 40 people there and then everyone gets hyped up because then the, the few people that were there then talk about it but now that it's sold out and everyone basically knows it's us um it's just kind of it's it feels like the whole machine is taking off without us um which we just have to i guess either go with or or you know or or, or try and slow it down but, but i'm i'm really sort of excited for it and the fact that the tickets sold out in a day is just a testament for our um for as soon as someone worked out it was us before that it was nothing and then as soon as someone worked out it was us they sold out but we did keep them guessing because we had a fake we released fake songs for the fake band um yeah. through row and they were confused because drew's the bass player and they were hearing his voice and they were saying hang on a minute have we got this wrong is this just drew's solo act and so we were going to try and propagate that myth I'd try and make that a bit more real. I'm um, still going to propagate that myth, I think. Yeah, yeah. We're still <laughs> yeah, to, gig, I'm going to try and convince Drew to just go on and do one song before we play. <laughs> Ultimate trolling right there. Yeah, and just see, and, and then we'll be like, no, we're just here to support Drew. And, <laughs> and we said, like, he's got to bring a little drum machine along, just him a bass and a drum machine, and we're just there sort of clapping along. <laughs> yeah, um, enter from the bar at the back, just yeah, like, oh, yeah, we're just here to check it out, yeah. It'll be quite difficult because there'll be T-shirts that says fearless vampire killers present after the flames so we we kind of we've we've we're past that now sadly um but yeah it's great fun it's great oh great fun great fun like yeah. i said you know so the fans seem to have got a real kick out of it i'm sure they'll yeah. definitely get a kick out of it tonight um we keep mentioning the new music let's get into it a little bit again i don't know how much i like to say but you know you're playing at least one new song tonight right so the two i've heard I'll just mention them and we'll see what see what if I get in trouble like, or not. Beautiful, then I will. Um, let's start with Delicate then. Big, strong banger, very much in that kind of like, I could see this being like, is this going to be the first kind of drop from this and all this kind of stuff? Is this the one you're playing tonight by any chance? No, it's going to be oh. a double A side. Oh, yeah, you're so... playing the other one. Oh, that's oh, we'll yes. come into that in a second because that's fascinating. <laughs> right. So let's start with Delicate then because I guess that is the more kind of uh, the, the obvious, like here's a big banger, here's a big rock song to kind of kick things back into gear. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about where that one kind of came together. Well, I mean, I like so actually, I think I'll just give you the kind of uh, the background on it. So at first, like me and Lawrence were just writing songs and different stuff came out. Um, and then later on, like extra members, like I say, extra members, other members of the band were getting more involved and things like that. And we all, that's how something terminal came around. But the reason you, you kind of like, you've actually confirmed what I thought in a lot of ways, because we're deliberately doing a double A side, um, both delicate and something terminal. And the reason for that is because me personally, especially when bands come back, people like to put them in one of two boxes. They like to either go, oh, they've gone really boring and normal and safe, or they've they, they've disappeared up their own ass and they're like really experimental. <laughs> so I was like, if we just do both of those things, if we yeah. just write like, um, I mean, we hadn't planned it when we were writing them, we just wrote some songs. But if yeah. we release two songs at the same time that are both straight up three and a half minute, like, yeah. you know, rock banger and a nine minute epic <laughs> then, yeah 
I think I think um, delicate was a reaction to something terminal because we'd already started recording something terminal. Mm. So we um, I think Keir's definitely in the band. He's the most sort of rock orientated, I would think, when it comes to classic rock bands. He likes he likes pop rock hits. So I think when when we started to see that something terminal wasn't ending um, as we because we recorded it and it just kept getting longer. Um, <laughs> We we um, I think Keir thought, okay, great. I need to I need to pull something out that we can also offer for anyone that doesn't have you know that time you know because you need a whole lunch break to listen to that song. So um, it, we Keir Keir had this riff that was just the basic, delicate, the beginnings of it, and he just played that. And then the thing with me and Keir is anyone in the band, but especially me and Keir, is we can sit in a room and just write a song without even thinking about it. It's very straightforward. And the odd thing is, we never did that in Fearless Vampire We only did that when we were kids, when we were really young. Um, but during Fearless Vampire we all became sort of like, we all thought that we were sort of masters of, of um, music and we, we, we wouldn't work together very well. Um, so Drew would write his songs, Keir would write his songs, I would write my songs, Luke would write his songs, Shane would write his songs. Um, towards the end of Fearless Vampire Killers, we started to merge again, but it, by that point it was too late um, because the, the deep rot had set in. But um, uh, anyway, when me and Keir made up and hugged and everything and cried, um, and Keir just said, look, I've got this great producer, Sam Kramer, who's just amazing. He's like he's like a foil to, to whatever, you know, when people say that they can just work with someone and it's seamless. I got in the studio with Keir and him, and we just started writing songs and it was like we were sort of, I don't know, 13 again. And we were just coming up with ideas and and making them work. And Delicate is one of those. Keir come in with a riff. We just started carrying on writing. Sam pops in the ideas. Okay, we need a chorus. We want a big sort of beefy sort of taking back Sunday style chorus. Bang, let's write one. And then you don't even think about it. It was so seamless. And so I think when when we started seeing that, that's when I said to the guys, you've got to get in the studio with us because it's an amazing experience that we'd never had before. The studio had always been this sort of restrictive rush. You know, we'd get in there. We've only got we only got 500 quid. We've got to record this song now because we, we had our own label, you see. So we'd never we never had enough time. We're always against the clock, desperately trying to record. Um, but Sam Kramer has just given us this space and it's, it's a magical thing. And so, yeah, delicate come out of that, really. Um, yeah. Anything else, Keir? No, that's it, mate. You nailed it. <laughs> nailed it, buddy. Nailed it. Well, no, it's, it is it is absolutely, like you say, it's the two sides of the coin. I think it's really exciting yeah. to come back with a double A side like this. Yeah. Let's get into something terminal then as well. Because, yeah, I mean, like you say, it's an eight-minute epic. And, and funnily enough, weirdly, as much as we're like, yeah, this is a big, big epic song, and it absolutely is, it does fit in with the current climate of music in a weird yes. way as well. Isn't it weird how everything's sort of come around to that kind of big, epic Jim Steinman indebted Queen Gang yes. vocals, big changes in instrumentation all over the place. It's lovely. Um, I imagine an absolute effort to put this one together live as well in the best possible way. This is going to be a fun one to play tonight, right? Yeah, it's been a challenge. <laughs> we've kind of like we've stripped it down, haven't we, Keir? We've made yeah. it. Uh, we've made it. A, it's the same length, but it's a. It's more of a classic rock song rather than because this the, the recording obviously starts off quite electronic. Um, then it goes quite sort of punk poppy and then it goes sort of 
very odd and then you know you've got the the sort of the elton john sort of ballady middle eight and like you say the jim steinman sort of stuff and it's it's what we've done is we've turned it into an fvk song for now because we don't i want to obviously if we do a big gig i'd want to be playing the piano to get the piano sound in there but because we don't really have the space the black heart's quite a small venue we're just gonna we're gonna strip it down a bit um but putting that together um well once again this was a song that Keir Keir had written the first part and boy yeah. and then we all kind of chipped in it was that then like, we all chipped in. like I mean Beveridge will probably like uh, summarize it better than me but it was almost like that final healing thing for the band it sounds really cheesy but it was like properly collaborative yeah um, in a way that we hadn't been before so I came in with a little like lick on a like well, it was actually a piano thing that I'd just written um I can't play the piano but it was really basic yeah. um and and then it we just kind of built it up from there and Drew was with us and he added a chorus or we wrote a chorus together and then Beveridge wrote this whole next bit and then it all we all went back on all the different sections together it was really cool I think a, a really strong thing about something terminal is it's the first time we've really showcased Drew's lead vocals um, so the bass player, he sings the first chorus and you can just, he's, he's got such a different voice to me and um, Kia. He's got this very sort of tonally rich, deep, I don't know. It's, it's just a, it's a, he's a real singer like Drew. Um, he did like choir and stuff. So he's got this sort of really long, uh, powerful voice. Um, and that really made the first chorus. And then, it kind of gave us everything that we needed to, to continue the song. Just the, he, he sings it with a lot of soul. Um, and, um, and then, yeah, it was like building blocks, but it, it wasn't like, oh, we need another part. It was like, then we go into this. We weren't ever thinking, oh, we need to make this long. It, it just happened really. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just felt, did it feel right to go here? And it's a song about, it's two songs. Partly Keir was writing, the original idea was about the sort of, um, I guess, the anxiety of, you know, the time that we were living in um, with COVID and stuff here you were talking about originally. And then I found that the lyrics just almost completely perfectly transposed onto, um, you know, the band's life and what had happened to us. Um, you know, the um, sacrificial lamb of privileged men and all this sort of stuff. That's kind of what happened to us. We were sort of taken for a ride in the industry by a lot of people. Um, and um, it kind of jaded us and ruined us. Um, but the same thing was happening to the country with COVID. And now it's even worse. I mean, it's like, it's like, it, and it does feel like something terminal. Do you know what I mean? You feel like there's this, there's this really heavy, um, you know, thing bearing down on everyone. Um, but then it's a positive because it's trying to it's trying to lift us up, you know. So you've got that first miserable part of the song, and then it comes back in and it lifts everyone up. And then you go through the history of the band in that middle eight, and then the end is like a triumphant, you know. This is a return. This is something good, and it doesn't have to be the best. It can just be something that brings joy to people and um, cheers us up. Like Keir says, you know, we need a distraction these days. 
Yeah, absolutely. This one definitely takes you on a journey, boys. No, you've got something to be proud of there. I think it's going to go down an absolute storm at this show later on. Um, and I'll let you guys go and get ready for this show in a minute. I know you've got a big day of preparing. Before I do, though, it's the billion-dollar question, isn't it? We've got these two new songs. What is the future looking like for you, boys? I don't know how much you want to tell me or whatever, but presumably this isn't one and done here tonight, right? Presumably there's more to come. Well, definitely not for me. <laughs> no, I'm doing, but um, I think I, I, me and Beverage actually did a video about it. It's quite long that we're going to post as well. But like, uh, for me, I think what one thing I can say for sure is um, I've realised that in some shape or form, I need Phyllis Vampire Killers to be in my life. Um, so I can't really see a world where it won't be again yeah. um, in whatever it might be, whether we're making a, short film together one day and scoring it or whether we're like you know like like right doing a new album or doing another tour whatever it might be in whatever guise i can't see a world where it's not part of my life again yeah i mean i obviously would love to just you know go back you know 10 years and 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 be where we were you know in our career like that but the world isn't like that anymore rock music isn't like that there's the infrastructure around it has changed um and in a way that's good because it gives us an opportunity to go at our own pace um and when you're young really young you act like you've got no time and then as you get a bit older um you start to realize there is actually a little bit more time than you thought and it doesn't matter if you're 30 and you're still playing rock gigs you know who cares it doesn't doesn't change anything. Um, the only important thing is making music that people love and enjoy. And we've luckily, we've proven that people still want to hear our music and they still want to come and see us play. And that's quite a magical place to be in. The idea that you have this opportunity to bring joy to maybe just a thousand people, yeah? But you can bring joy to a thousand people. That's a great position to be in, you know, it's fantastic. So. Um, we, I think we're going to just in, endeavour to do that and, and provide as much, you know, entertainment and happiness as we can um, and see where that leads. That could lead to, you know, Wembley Stadium or that could lead to the Black Heart again in 10 years. And that's absolutely <laughs> Either way, it's either fine. Way, yeah, either way, that's a good night out. You're going to have a exactly, good time yeah. either way, man. Um, yeah. Lads, genuinely, you know, I'm, I'm so impressed with these new tunes and I, I know the fans Thank are going to absolutely love them. So, I mean, all the best to you guys for this gig. I'm sure we'll chat again soon down the road. But yeah, have a great yeah. night tonight, all right? Thanks, Thank bud. you very much, mate. Cheers. Good to see you guys. All right, Fearless Vampire Kills, everybody. Yeah.